0: This is Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how leaders at growing companies use data to grow their business. Do you ever have trouble setting goals at your company or feel distracted by maybe tracking too many? If you ever feel like you don't have control over your goals or like your focus is split five different ways, then this episode is for you. In it, I chatted with Brandon Powell, CEO of Hatchworks to learn how he implemented a new goal setting process to lead his team to their best quarter ever. You'll learn the new framework that he implemented and how you can do it step-by-step at your company, how it gave him more control over his goals and confidence that he'd actually hit them, and how it helped his team focus around the same core activities. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, Brandon, thanks for coming on Metrics and Chill today. Super excited to uh, talk with you.
1: Thanks for having me, Jeremy. I really appreciate it.
0: Um, all right, so the way we kick things off typically is kind of the 30-second elevator pitch. So tell us a little bit about uh, Hatchworks, like what it is, what it does, what's what's the value prop?
1: Yeah, so um, Hatchworks Technologies, we're a U.S. and LATAM custom software development company. Uh, we design and develop custom software solutions in healthcare, fintech, and retail uh, and we deliver all of our solutions in your time zone um but at a better value than doing all the work right in the US um so we're basically providing you know full scale full life cycle agile teams all in your time zone between latin america and the US
0: That's awesome. So you'll build you these like dev teams that you'll build to get done a certain project then you disband them and re, reconstruct them as needed.
1: Exactly. So you know we okay. all of our customers are mainly in the US um big pretty big large enterprises We'll provide pods of teams. So, you know, it could be some clients have five or six pods, and we'll anchor those teams in the United States. And then we'll build the rest of the team in Latin. But the cool thing is that everyone's working in the same time zone. Cause, you know, when you're building an agile, you got to have collaboration all day long. None of this, you know, throw it over the wall with a couple of hours of overlap. So it's as we've moved from uh, to remote work. You know, San Jose, Costa Rica and San Jose, California have become really the same thing because no one's going to the office anyways. And and so it's been a our business has really taken off over the last 24 months as we went into COVID uh, and more and more businesses became really comfortable with working remote. They decided to really focus on the time zone alignment.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, All right. Yeah. So I'm excited to dig into this today. We're obviously going to be chatting about um, how you started adding leading metrics to ensure that you hit your lagging metrics and how some of these Uh, I don't know if it's like fair to call them framework changes, but some of like the goal changes or the framework changes of these, of adding these additional metrics actually helped you hit a really aggressive revenue target for the first time in a couple of years you mentioned. So I'm excited to, to, to dig into some of this. So, um, so, yeah, I guess I guess the first thing is you were explaining to me off mic, you use uh you were using an old goal setting framework. Um, you, you it sounds like you had played with a couple and you recently moved to this new one, Hots, um, highly outrageous target. Can you like do a quick breakdown of like what's this framework you're all using uh th- that you've adopted to set goals?
1: Yeah, great question. So originally We've been in business six years. And so I took, a. I worked at a lot of big companies like Accenture and, and AT&T. And the first, originally the first few years of the company, I used, you know, essentially what's our four or five big goals. But then, you know, we underneath that, we had a ton of other goals. So like before it's over, we've got like 30 goals when you multiply them all out. And honestly, almost every one of them was a, a lagging goal. And what that means is you can't change it once it happens. So if today our revenue is 5 million, I can't change the revenue today at 5 million because it's already happened. Um, And so eventually I evolved into what's called the scale-up model. Um, Scale-up is still, it's more focused where you you pick four or five big big rocks, you call them big rocks, and you break those big rocks down to what do I need to do each quarter to hit that rock? So it's, it's trending in the right direction of focusing you more but I found for me, five big rocks is too many. Uh, and then there's there still is not as much focus on the leading metrics. It's still kind of like, here's the five things. Yes, I'm breaking that down to quarterly rocks, but those rocks are still lagging metrics. So we were still kind of struggling to hit all of our targets. And that was about two years ago. But then last year, I uh, it's funny, I had this conversation, I hired a CEO coach. And I'm like, I don't need a CEO coach. I got EO. I got all these other great CEOs that I talked to. I got this. And the first question he asked me, is like, what are you measuring? This is when we were interviewing each other. I said, "I'm measuring, you know, gross margin and revenue. And, you know, I got this dashboard and he said, okay, that's great. Those are all lagging metrics. What are the leading activities that you're measuring to grow your business? How do you know you're going to hit those? And I just, I was just sh- like, I just locked up. I'm like, I really don't have an answer to that. Uh, you're hired. I need a CEO. Okay. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and uh, and so with him, um, he, he he's basically part of CEO Coaching International, and they've got a model called Making Big Happen. But it's very similar to like 4D, um, the 4Ds of execution. Um, but the the idea is you have these, you have about three, no more than three highly outrageous targets or HOTS. I mean, some in some models, they call that a wig or a wildly important goal. But the, here's the key. The key is that you pick three things. You don't want more than three things. You could have four. But they're the most important things that you need to get done. At the end of the year, you look back and you're having a party because you hit these three goals. But the key to the system is to figure out what are the leading activities that I need to be able to hit that hot. And that's what you spend all of your attention and traction doing. And I can boil that down. Let's use an easy one that a lot of people work on revenue. You know, if you've got a goal to go to 25 million or 50 million in revenue, you keep, there's so many factors that going into that. There's things like how fast do you hire? There's how many customers do you have? And you just, you keep breaking that down and we can go deeper here till you get to the core activities that would allow you to hit it. Um, And let me give you an example of a core activity to us. In order for us to get to proposals, to sell business, we have to have a, we have to identify opportunities, and in order to identify opportunities, we have to have meetings, and in order to have meetings, we have to have outreach to get there. Um, so for us, one of our big leading activities is how many cold outreach emails, text messages did you have on a daily basis? Daily, not a weekly, not a monthly, not quarterly but daily. So we take that one leading, and that's just one of our leading activities for revenue, but all of our our sales executives have to do a certain amount of outreach every single day. Uh, and then you look at that and we measure, we can get into the other activities, but that's, that's, a, that's an example of a leading activity um, that we've identified that help us drive our business. If we're having meetings, we're getting leads, we're getting proposals, we know what percentage of proposals we need and
0: you just back into it. That's awesome. So yeah, this, this is super clear. So you, these have to be things that you can control on a daily basis. You could decide tomorrow we're going to up this level. It's pure, uh, it's pure. It sounds like output related that like, if we do X and the result is this, we know we can 10 X that. And we should expect to see maybe not an exactly correlation, you know, of growth, but, um, what i'm curious like before we kind of dig deeper into that dig into some of the activities there i wanted to make a note and come back to um what was sort of like the change trigger here was it simply i know you mentioned you felt like the other methods you had just too many goals what were some of the other things going on that made you think yeah this is we definitely need these le- these leading indicators to be added did you feel like you had not hit the big uh, revenue goals in the past was, did you feel like the other models that off, that didn't offer leading metrics were kind of too distracted or it felt like you didn't have power to make changes where you needed to? Like, what were some of the things that that this kind of like the pains that adding leading metrics solved for you?
1: Yeah. So on the goal thing, I felt like we would have 25 goals by the time it was over. Um, not really any of those being leading, but I didn't understand the impact of the time, but we would get done with the year and we would get half the stuff done. And half the stuff was actually more than most companies do in a whole year. And we would feel like, well, I guess we had an average year because we only got half the stuff done that we said. And it was like that year after year, we were building metrics and goals that were constantly underachieved, but it wasn't necessarily that the goals that that they, they we 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 worked against ourselves in terms of mm-hmm. you know try it's like trying to go you know win five football games at one time when there's only going to be one played on the field and so as we kind of pushed along I came to this this kind of conclusion that if we can just do a couple things really well and make sure that we blow through those targets and just focus on those and the and the things that we need to do those then we're going to be a, a lot more successful as a company and think about the morale right of the leadership team and the employees uh where you're like actually hitting the goals because you're not setting too many and and you're measuring them so it was kind of a kind of a two 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 part conclusion there where it was like we need to try to do less so we need to focus on the most important things to growing our business and then we need to change the way that we measure it because the way we're measuring it today is not giving us a leading a leading path or it's not you know I, I put it the way it's not a, it's it's like flying a plane and not being able to use the right dials to land it right mm-hmm. so you're flying but the things that you're you're measuring there in the console are not the things that are actually going to tell you whether you're going to be able to land the plane or not you're almost flying it blind uh if you're right. not looking at, and that was kind of the two-part conclusion that I had
0: about halfway through last year. Because you're kind of seeing, even though you kind of could, I guess, track progress toward the goals, So it's not like it's shocking at the end of the year where you landed, you're still not getting a good sense of like the activities you're doing or moving the needle on it. So it probably feels like you're a little bit like hand off the wheel or like out of control where I would imagine it sounds like what you're describing is adding these leading indicators makes it feel like, oh, there's some control to this. Like We could ramp these efforts up or we could scale these efforts back and you don't feel like you're just kind of spinning your wheels and aren't sure like what's moving the needle on the ultimate goals.
1: Yeah, let me and let me let me make it real right now, right? We're, um, we're in the fourth week of the year. Before we would have been four months into the year before I would have told you, hey, um, it looks like we're not having enough meetings right now, which we're not we're underneath where we want to be for meetings. So why is that? Is it headwinds in the economy? Is it Like, is it our outreach? So we're, we're in the fourth week of the year and we're already digging in, like, is it the right message? You know, because we know we're the activity's there, but the meetings aren't coming. And so we're, we, and we've been on this for, for, since the second week of the year, we're like, oh man, we thought we, you know, is it just people coming back from break, taking a little longer? And so I'm digging in on how to fix something in the third, fourth week of the year that previously i probably would have waited till the q1 results and it can, you know maybe this is poor leadership but i think it's a case in a lot of companies you 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 kind of know where you're going but you're questioning like why why am i only here right why am i only at this mm. revenue mark with one month to go in the quarter or something like that i already know by by being at this daily activity level that man based on our leading indicators we are we are already behind if we don't make some changes now to be able to catch up to where we want, and and that's night and day. You know, you mentioned the control thing. I think that's spot on. I didn't have any control. Instead, I felt like, man, I, I have a I have a goal, but do I really have any control or feel like I have any comfort level that we're going to hit that? No. But now I'm, now I kind of know. Like, look, we've been light on the meetings. Is it surprising to me that we're also light on the proposals? No, because I already know we're light on the meetings and we need the meetings to be able to get to the proposals. And that allows me as the leader to dig in to say, look, you know, marketing, um, is there something we can do different in our messaging? Um, are there, should we um, use different alternative methods to help get the meetings, right? Are we, you know, should we be doing podcasts? Should we be doing webinars? You know, it allows us to start to dig into what we're doing based on what we're seeing as our metrics. And and before I, I, tell, I still, I feel like I was flying blind uh, in terms mm-hmm. of making those types of decisions. Or if I was making them, I was making them late, you know, and, and that's that's never helpful.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the control it gives you, the uh, it's a super helpful example to hear how like you're catching these things earlier. Like where you say like Q1, normally you would, you would have waited to see them till. I'm curious on the frequency of checking in on the leading. I know the one you're mentioning is, is daily um are they all are they all daily or like what's the frequency level that you're kind of looking at when you review with the team are all the metrics are all the leading metrics daily or are some weekly some monthly it kind of depends
1: yeah so we want to break them down as as small spots. so for example um you know i, I work with marketing and marketing has some leading activities to get to the revenue they've figured out that one of their leading activities is the amount of website traffic we got to have a certain number of hits even though, you know, inbound leads are just a small you know piece of our business because we're also hunting, right? We have salespeople out hunting. We, we still sell work off of inbound leads. And so marketing is looking at their inbound leads and they're looking at because you have different days that surge. They see it on a daily basis, but we look at that weekly and say, mm-hmm. look, all right, we know we need this much traffic to generate this many leads. Are there some more levers we should pull with our marketing mix to drive more traffic? Um, There's other metrics like um, gross margin where it's very complicated to track. That's one of our hots, like where are we at with gross margin? It's complicated because you've got salaries, you've got rates, you've got all these things. We look at those on a weekly basis. So I would say the majority of our metrics are more weekly, but the ones where we can go daily and manage it we try to, because you really go, you really want to go as granular, granular as possible, Um, if you really want to have the you know the, kind of the highest level of success. And the way that we organize this is each of our HOTS has a champion in charge of that hot, and it has okay. nothing to do necessarily with the org that you're in. Like, of course, your sales leader is going to be the champion of revenue, but there's so, everyone plays. There's so many parts to that, right? Delivery, recruiting, and all those pieces. But you have a champion. Um, for us, we have gross margin. There's a champion, and then for retention, those are our three hots. There's a there's and there's you will have to get into the the target, but that's retention is our third one. Those champions have a weekly meeting where they're getting down into the details of like I'm you know I'm in the sales one. It's like all right, what do we got to do to to move the needle on getting more meetings, right? And then yeah. you know there's a gross margin one having that, and then in my leadership call, those champions report out to the whole leadership team on how they're doing, what they need help with, and it's in and, and that's on a weekly basis. So I would say weekly is where we're re- we're getting real tactical, you know, and making sure on a weekly basis we know exactly where we are on those three hots. Like retention, did we have someone leave in the last, you know, since we met last time? Okay, like What did we learn from the exit survey and those pieces? What do we need to adjust? And so we're trying to use the information from these goals in my leadership meeting to make really quick decisions based on that data um, to see where we need to adjust.
0: Hey, just a quick interruption. In past episodes, you've heard guests give advice like... The first step is just like actually measuring and monitoring, right? Which sounds very fundamental, but
1: a lot of companies don't even do that, right? If you ask for like, hey, do you have a monthly kind of report of like what's happening in the funnel? It's like, oh, well, we have this over here and we have this over here and we have the traffic data in GA. So the first thing I think is like build out you know,
0: a presentation uh, that you're updating every single month. Or it's
1: way easier if you have all this stuff being centralized somewhere and can look at it.
0: And I promise that's completely unprompted. We try to book smart B2B leaders and learn how they're driving more predictable growth, and they end up sharing advice like that. And Databox makes it easy to do all of that and more. You can track your marketing, sales, revenue, and CS performance all in one place. It lets you build custom dashboards and view metrics from over 80 tools side by side. You can schedule PDF reports that automatically update your data in real time and send to your team or your clients. You can even set up custom Slack alerts that alert you when you hit your goals or when numbers spike or dip. If you want to try it totally free, just go to databox.com or click the link in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, awesome. And how what what level of transparency are you using um with progress towards the main goals? Like does the whole team know where you stand on revenue? Do they know where you stand like or I would imagine the sales team is probably looking at some, you know, getting some slack notification or dashboard or something that's like tracking the daily output of their activities for leading but as far as your progress towards the lagging goals, is everyone kind of able to see them and like how you're turning towards the target? or are some of those restricted to management level? What does that look like for you?
1: Oh, yeah, awesome. I, I believe that if you get your whole if your whole company understands three things you're trying to do, They think about it, right? We have 200 people and they're across six different countries. And so, and some of them, you know, Spanish is their primary language. And so we try to be really clear with what we're trying to do. We've built a company dashboard and they can go in and see those three, um, how we're doing, you know, on a weekly basis, but how it, how we're doing year to date, because we've told them, you know, here's the yearly hot we take that hot or goal and we break that down still into quarterly hots, right? So we take a revenue number, we figure out what we wanna do for Q1. So they can see both, how we're tracking for the quarter and how we're tracking year to date. Then as far as the end of, you know, I don't, we don't share with them the data, like how are the sales people competing on terms of their meetings, right? We don't go down to that level of detail. So we keep it at a high level dashboard level where they can see it, like, an, think about like an executive dashboard. We share that with them. And the way we do that is in a monthly call, I have a hatch huddle with the whole company. And we okay. always start with those three things because that's the things we told them we wanted to do and it's a real simple slide that's like here's the our goal here's how we're tracking against the three things we told you we want to accomplish and then of course if they have questions we can go deeper into it but like the most people are not going to understand the nuances of gross margin and and we don't we don't want them to we just want them to know how we're tracking but we right. do share with them the activities that result in good gross margin let me give you an example if you're an engineer and you're working on a project for us, if you bill your hours, meaning if you're billing your your hours each month that you're supposed to on the project, you're helping our gross margin. So we want them to know if if you bill your hours that you're gonna you're gonna help us on the gross margin. We want them to see their influence on all of these, right? On revenue, mm-hmm. they know if if they're working on a project they're generating revenue for us. That's one of our goals, right? Uh, retention right? They know what retention means that we want to keep them. They're the most important people in our company. Um, and so we just want to make sure that they see the big picture. They understand their part in the big picture without getting them into the level of detail that would be confusing to them or might be misunderstood, you know, and, and, and so that's the balance that we try to, we try to play. Uh, and we're look, we're learning, uh, you know, this is our kind of our, our we're going into our kind of our what kind of third, fourth quarter of of doing this model. Um, And this was the first new year, right? Where we had a whole new year to kind of start with it. Um, And so we're kind of waiting on their feedback to see how they're able to consume all of it.
0: It seems like um, it sounded like you were going to go, go this direction. um, At one point, it seems like it, it would lead them when they know when you're communicating, Hey, we found that these activities, you know, contribute toward these bigger goals, it seems like it would lead them to also like invite them almost to contribute ways that they think other activities might lead toward those goals or just an emphasis. At least it sounds like it would drive an emphasis on, oh, this is why it's important that I do this. Like, I know it might not make sense to me, but if I do this, I know I'm hitting this bigger goal.
1: Absolutely. I mean, look, there most of our people are engineers. But I believe that um, engineers are best when they understand the business that they that they understand the drivers of the business, right? And th- uh, you know, our our hots will not always be the same each year, right? But these three of revenue, gross margin, and retention—whether next year those are our core target—they're always the core to our business, right? They're the three most right. important things we'll have, right? Um, and so I want them to know these three no matter what. And then next year, you know, maybe. Two of them are the same, and there's another one different. But it just depends on what we need to pull. And I believe that uh, I believe in transparency uh, in terms of not just like where you're at. Like some private companies don't even really share their revenue numbers internally, and they certainly don't share things like retention because they right. don't want people to know that other people are leaving. Uh, and it and gross margins kind of a thing that's confusing to people. But I believe like if you keep it simple you can make metrics and data really powerful, no matter what level someone's at. Uh,
0: nice. And that's
1: what we try to do um, so that you're right, that they they think again about, oh yeah, I'm doing this. And I remember uh, back when we were doing our monthly session that I'm helping us achieve this goal. And I, I want them to feel that connection uh, to the metric.
0: <laughs> yeah, it makes a ton of sense. It seems like it would, it just seems, we talk a lot about this internally um, we're big advocates of transparency and try and say like, look, you know, it doesn't mean that maybe like, like you said, you're not getting super granular or like extending meetings by hours, getting into irrelevant details. But when everyone knows where you're all trying to row towards and how you're trending towards that way, more people feel empowered to raise their hand and say, hey, I have an idea for how to fix this. Maybe um, I know we've seen that at DataBox, we've seen like other companies do that. So I do think transparency is a really powerful catalyst because it makes people feel connected to how how, what they're doing when they get out of bed every day is moving the needle on like a top end goal. Um, And I think it allows the one, you know, people, team members that are, that are creative, that are problem solvers that want to offer solutions and maybe even, you know, uh, think of ideas outside what their current role allows them to do it. It provides them a way to do that and to suggest ideas that have a business impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with all those points.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole model strikes me as uh like that the beauty is in the simplicity. Like I like as you're describing this whole model, something I keep thinking of is like there's so many things you could track. And you're describing some of these old, you know, methods that you used to use where you're getting into like dozens of goals. Um And there's something really beautifully simple about like, these are the three that at the end of the year, at the end of the quarter, we want to really move the needle on. And to do that, let's just do these three things every day. Like even, even breaking it down to daily, it's like put out five of these a day or, you know, do, do 25 of these a week. And when you lift your head up, it's like, oh, we made more progress than we would have before, but it's, it almost is more simple where it feels like it helps overcome what I think sometimes companies face is like. I I always get this saying wrong, but like analysis paralysis. Like there's so many things you could do, you just kind of freeze.
1: Yeah, I call it. I mean, this is what we were playing. We were playing. You ever seen a third grade soccer game where everybody's like? (laughs) I coached
0: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Trying to kick the same ball, right? And they're all like kicking each other. I think that when you try to do too many things, there's like just in those three things I gave you, right? Gross margin, retention, and revenue. There's so much tension between those two. And three, really, you know, look, you can sell everything you want if you do it at a really low margin, right? Undercut the whole market, right? You can, you can, oh, you know, you can pay a ton of and keep everybody. There's a ton of like, they all, all. what's cool about these three? Yes, it's simple. The complexity was getting to three, like getting my leadership Mm. team. I took them to Costa Rica. We had my CEO coach come and facilitate. Why did I have a third party facilitate? Because I knew we were going to have to make tough decisions and if i'm the one leading the meeting then you know people might you might feel well I, you know he wants to do this so we, have, so we had a third party facilitate the meeting to help us get to the three things that at the end of the year we would, that was the complexity i mean we had probably double that like that we really wanted to do and like damn we really want to knock this out this would be really good for our business but it forced us to choose uh, and mm-hmm. the forcing to choose is not Easy, right? Because if you've got six people on your leadership team and people are how ha- you, you know you, you got to get aligned around it. you might not agree, but you had we had to leave that meeting aligned that these are the three things we're going to do. Um, and, and I agree that the model sounds so simple and so um basic. But what I've found is the complexity is in getting underneath the activities. So, yes, okay, that the, the revenue, the thing those sound easy. But getting the right activities to track because you keep going back and why and why and why, you know, that's where I found. And I will tell you, um, each quarter, so this is our third quarter. The first quarter, I was so off. They were, it was bad. Like, I was thinking I could move the needle on things in that quarter, but the the, Mm. the activities are so leading that they really are going to, as soon as you start doing them, it's going to really impact you the next quarter. So we had the best quarter in our history. In Q4, I mean, we just blew it away. I'm like, damn, this is great. But then we were doing those same things in Q4, but even more locked in. I figured out more of the things I should have been tracking. Like, for example, in Q4, I wasn't tracking outreach. I stopped at meeting. How many meetings did you have? Okay. That's what we were doing in Q3, Q4. How many meetings did you have? But because I wasn't tracking outreach, I could not tell you how many outreach we need to get to the meeting. You see what I mean? I don't have any data because I wasn't tracking. Yeah, I yeah. can tell you based off two quarters, I know how many, I know, the only thing I knew is that one out of three proposals, we win. That's what I knew. That's all that I data I have in my CRM. That's not good. I'll just tell you, right? Not good to only know that you're one stage from winning the deal and you know, you win one out of three. So I could start, that was my starting point. But then I was like, well, how many opportunities do I need to get to proposal, right? Because you have a lot of meetings once you identify that there's a need and you start talking and then, you know, you, you don't know if you're going to get to proposal no idea how many opportunities. So I had to guess. Uh, It turns out I was pretty close once I started getting real data, but then I had no idea how many meetings we needed to get to the opportunities. And so that's that's the data we're building. And the beauty behind this is if I can get these metrics down to, I know that 5,000 outreach is going to equal X meetings, I can figure out how many people I need to hit a certain revenue number. Right. I can figure out how many salespeople I need to get five, whatever that number is. Sure. Yeah. And then my leading metric then becomes hiring salespeople. I need it. Yeah. in order. In order so, I, so I keep. So that's just an example. I mean, I, I want to keep it simple. They, they get really complex in terms of um, some of these activities that you can track. I, one example a guy gave is that um, he get he figured out as he kept looking back that 80% of his business came from the AWS conference in reinvent conference in Vegas, that like he had a pretty big consulting business, but he figured out that almost one way or the other, his ties were back to this conference from leads, from people he had met in his sales team. So their leading activity became, what are we going to do at this one conference and what are, you know, you know, getting space, making sure we're speaking all of these things. And and that's how I you know, I'm still at this outreach. I'd like to get even more detailed where I know, okay, if if we do outreach in this space to this type, then we can be even more precise. So you can just keep walking this thing back um, till you get to that main driver for what's growing your business. And I think that's what everybody wants to get to is using that data to keep working yourself back. You know, I'm still new at this. I'm still, you know, I'm just now moving from meetings to outreach and that's, you know, a lot of companies already track that. Uh, I'm just, but that's, that's where I'm trying to go as I look forward on this.
0: Yeah, this is, this is so helpful. Do you, and that was something I was going to ask was, is there general guidance? I know it probably differs business to business or industry to industry, but if, if listeners, you know, are tuning into this and saying like, okay, we want to try this at our companies. I can imagine one of the stumbling blocks being, um, when they start to do that working backwards thing, when, when do you know you've gone far back enough, but not too far, you know, like not too, too leading. Um, Cause some of it's like a a really probably terrible example, but off the top of my head is like, it's probably more likely blog posts published versus like words written. Right. Or like the, you know, activities that like, like uh, research briefs written before then. Um, So my question is, is it, is it that you, there is some trial and error and people should kind of take a deep breath and like, just start working back, try it for a quarter. If you didn't go back far enough, you'll know, and you can scale back. Or, um, what advice do you have around that? Is, is the goal to like, kind of get a handle on like the one leading indicator. And once you kind of get those activities, now you can move one stage up and set goals for those. We started with one, one, you know, how I gave you three hots for this year yeah. we yep. with, for, the, for the set, for the
1: last two quarters, we decided to do one thing. So, and and ours was around a revenue goal. That's it. Um, That's what we had to do to like break this thing down and get away from the, you know, five things we want to do and all. We started with one goal for, for Q3, Q4. Like I told you, I was so wrong on the activities. Like, and in fact, when I look at them, I'm like, some of the activities that I was tracking weren't really even leading activities. Um, And so each quarter I've gotten better. Um, In fact, um, let me give you an example of uh, on the sales side. So last quarter I tracked it as a sales team said, okay, we need, so this is another, I wasn't tracking outreach, but I also wasn't tracking it individually. I was, Mm -hmm. we have have three sales executives um, and I was tracking them as a team. And so I didn't even have the ability to really go in and say, Hey, how's, you know, salesperson A doing versus salesperson B. I knew their total, right? What they had sold, right? Because sure, everyone sure. wants to talk about what they sold. Right. But you you need to know if each one of them is on a path to success or not. So this quarter, my lesson learned was I need a separate tab for each of them, right? And and I look at them on a daily basis. And the way I report out is what's the average of all three of them. So instead Got of totaling it. them, what's the average? And you know, and then I'm in my meeting. I'm able to go deeper with if, if somebody's underperforming versus somebody's overperforming. But my advice is to start maybe even with just one hot one, one target. Pick one your most important um, lagging thing that you just got to do this year. For some people, it's revenues. For some people, it's hiring a certain number of people. It, whatever that is. And then create the most important activities. You you probably already know what some of those those are. Um, I, I like the recruiting. I think recruiting is a pretty simple one, right? You've got most people need to hire within a certain period of time, right? Because they they know they need you know maybe forty five days or thirty days. Well, in order to hire someone, you have to be able to make an offer. Okay. Well, in order to make an offer, in our case, we have to do a tech screen. And in order to do tech screens we have to do a pre screen and in order to do a pre screen uh we have to have applicants and right we we keep working our way back yeah 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 um, and so i don't think you have to do too many of those to get to start tracking towards one of those goals so i would my i feel like maybe we even took on too much in terms of too many activities for that one hot i probably would have selected maybe 3 activities instead of 5 or so that are tied to that one hot so that's what I would okay. do. I mean, we're at, you know, and then if you think about it, you could do it for one quarter and then the next quarter add in more activities or add another another high-level lagging goal in. You know, as you as you, you know, I don't think you have to tackle, you know, three at one time. You know, we started with one with five leading activities. I probably would have done more like three leading activities if I had it to do all over again. And now this year we have three. And each of those has five activities. So we took a pretty big jump um, this year. Uh, But I'm more confident than ever that that we're on the right track. But we're going to have to keep tweaking those activities over the course of this year as we learn our way into this.
0: Awesome. Yeah, super clear. So you could start, if you really, really wanted to go simple, you could start with one hot, one like year-end goal, and one leading activity you walk your way back and you say okay number of uh you know blog posts published something like that and then you could work at the end of the quarter you could either work on adding a second leading indicator um you know maybe it's writers hired or what you know what topic selected or whatever um or you could say okay let's keep it one and one and then add a second hot and then identify the leading one for that one i think what i think what's powerful that you're that you're I feel like what you're casting, uh, the vision that you're casting for listeners or the story that this is that this is encouraging me with is that like, it doesn't have to be perfect to still drive significant results. Like there's something to just simplifying and putting your company's efforts in one place. Yeah. You're not going to fully measure perfectly. You're not going to fully forecast the right things. You're not going to always nail the right leading activities. You're giving examples of how you did it and you're tweaking them now. And yet you still had your best Q4 ever through implementing this. So I think it's, it's a cool um, it's a cool example of how powerful it can be to just focus concentration and, and amplify them toward these things. Um, I want to be sensitive to the, to your time. So I've got one, one last question for you. Um, the, you mentioned, you know, going away on this retreat and, and kind of the tough process being and simplifying. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still, let's say, you know, there's, there's these three, big goals, these three hots that you, that you came away from that retreat with, if there were three others that maybe like almost made it and you know, they, they almost were the top three and everyone kind of vied for different ones of those. Is there still a place in the system where you're tracking them just as indicators, just to like, see how they're going? Or is the system like, maybe you're not doing the tracking back to leading activities on them, but you, you're just keeping a pulse on how they're doing or is the system like no relentlessly focus on these three and that's where the magic is
1: yeah so that's a great question we track those as key initiative those are those are initiatives versus like think like let me let me give you an example for us we um we have in Colombia one of the ones we debated is going through we we have a, one of our entities is in Colombia and we have employees there and we have um we work out of shared work co-working space and so one of the things we debated hard was going in and opening our permanent office spaces in Medellin and Bogota. And there's a bunch of things you say, well, what would you lead into that? Well, you have to hire this. You have, Like there's a lot of work that goes into setting that stuff up. Well, we decided, look, that's one that we could track as a key initiative that we want to get done, but it, we don't need all these, all this. I mean, w- once you choose these things, I mean, you're eating, sleeping and breathing these three things pretty much daily. Um, And so I felt really good about what the team decided that that could just be a key initiative. And that's got a, it's got the thing, the task that need to happen, but it's not something that we're on. We hit our key in my, in my leadership meeting, we hit the, we have a couple of other things like we wanted to really change our onboarding process because that's a big part of people's happiness with their company and this stuff. But we have that as a key initiative that we want to completely overhaul our onboarding process and making sure that we're building the best customer experience for our employees. So. I think you can start to dig down and you can still have some things that you want to do. It's just that you're not doing the leading activities and the daily metrics on them. Uh, and, and so I definitely think the system works. Um, you know, those things have their own, like a plan, like a pro- more of a project plan versus right. like very active daily updates. I mean, it'll, it's consuming. That's why I'm like, you know, I I was like, man, we're only going to do three. Come on guys. We should be doing five, <laughs> five yeah. of these things. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my God, we got, I mean, we have, like, I'll just say this on two of our three, we have our leading activities look, looking, looking pretty good. And then we have one of ours where we're like, like, I don't even know what we were thinking. Cause we defined the leading activities before, you know, during that session. And now we're looking at them. We're like, man, we must've been drinking too much coconut water or something while we were down there because that's not going to work. And so you can adjust you know, in the system, you want to make sure you're, you don't want to waste your time, you know, right. tracking activities that you know are not the most important. The, the last comment I would make, and I, I like how you said it, I never really thought about it like this, but if you do pick one activity um, and you get the right one, you only need one if you get the right one, right? i I, not knowing what's the right leading activity, whether it's getting the meetings or the outreach or, or you know, what the lever is. I had multiple, but some people, can answer their way back to where they're so certain that this is the leading activity that's going to help me hit that lag. And that's all you got to do. Like you don't want to have activities just to have them. It's just that right. I don't have a good line of sight other than these broad activities on what my one is. But if you know you're smoking gun, you can lean in on that and you're going to hit your, your lagging metric all day long.
0: This is awesome. This has been so helpful. Uh, yeah, one, I love how clean the framework is. I feel like for a lot of companies that know they need to be looking at metrics to help them grow, but like, aren't sure where to start or like need an out of the box thing. This seems like one of the more simple I've heard. It feels like, and I think one of the other powerful things with it is it's gives you something to do. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but like you, but you were saying at the beginning, like in other frameworks where you had like 10 goals or like 20 goals, you're doing a bunch of stuff, but I feel like it's easier to get distracted because maybe like the marketing team does something for a month and it's not working. So then they move to another thing and you, it just, you have the ability to kind of keep spinning your wheels, test different stuff, never sure what's working, kind of feel defeated when you don't hit your goals. So this is like, okay, look, we're all going to row in the same direction. We're all going to like row at this cadence this way. And when we pick our heads up, if we miss the boat, we missed it together and that's okay. And we'll pick the next activity next time. Right on. That's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Brandon. Where can people uh, go learn to either follow you and learn more about Hatchworks?
1: Yeah, you can go to hatchworks.com to learn more about Hatchworks. And then you can follow me on LinkedIn at uh, Brandon Christopher Powell uh, on LinkedIn. And uh, that's primarily where I I post and and hang out. So uh,
0: I really appreciate it though. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. See you later. Appreciate it.